You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 129. If you have like the vision, right? If you have a dream that you have to just go and chase it. There's so many things in life that can kind of pull at you. But for me, there's always just been something gnawing at me that said, you know, you can do better. You can go and achieve those dreams. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. Rhino Nation, it is Brent Daniels, the Talk to People coach. It is so exciting to be on this podcast, 2018. If you are not out of your mind, incredibly pumped for 2018, then you need to be because this is the year. This is going to be an incredible year to get so many opportunities. Remember, our value in this business, in the wholesale business, is to talk to people every single day, talk to new homeowners every single day, and provide opportunities to the marketplace. That is what we get paid these big, giant checks for. So what I want you to do, I really want you to focus this year, really, really focus, one, on what is your goals this year financially? What do you want to make? What do you want to achieve? How much do you want to be sitting in your bank account? That has to be a very, very specific number. And then what I want you to do is I want you to work it back quarter by quarter by quarter, okay? Now, I always go the first quarter, I always do it a little bit less because I always start ramping things up in January. So the first quarter, I always make it just a tad bit less. And then by the second quarter, we are off and running. So that's just a little tip there that you can take. Last year, my business closed just over 1.3 million in wholesale. This year, we're going for 1.935. And I'm telling everybody out there because I want everybody to keep me accountable to it. And I know that in the first quarter, I have to get to 405,000. It's a little bit less than a quarter of what I need to do, but it'll get me just on a rocket ship for the rest of the year. So that is my goals. What are your goals? Really think about it because what I want you to do is start peeling back the layers of how many people you have to talk to, whether they're calling you or you're calling them. How many homeowners do you have to work with based on your average amount that you make per deal? How many people do you have to talk to that actually completes a deal? Okay. And it's going to be a lot. So really look at your numbers, really determine, try to figure out how many people did you talk to in my, in the TTP program, it's very easy to figure out how many people you talk to because it's tracked in a dialing system. But if it's people that are calling you from marketing efforts, then look at whatever resources that you're using, whether it be call rail or call fire or Google voice or whatever it is, whatever you can look at to see how many incoming calls you got last year and how many deals you did. Use that as a metric to determine 
determine how to reach your goals and just focus every single month. If you're breaking it down by quarter, then you can break it down by month. Cut that quarter into three and just focus on this month. How many do I have to close this month to reach my goal? That Keep it right there. Don't just look at that yearly goal and just put it out there. It needs to be cut down to 90 days and then it needs to be cut down to 30 days. It is absolutely critical. We are so short-minded that we have to keep it in front of us and hammer it every single day. I know every month, I know the month of January, I have to get 135,000 in closed deals, okay? I know that I know where I'm at, I know where I need to be, and that helps me and my team every single day to hit those goals on a weekly basis. So really, really think about that because I think this year, you're gonna see some monster deals, Some giant deals come across and be posted and talked about in this podcast. You are going to have some huge, huge deals. And I just want to talk to you about a very, very huge deal. A guy that has taken his market by storm. I mean, we're talking his second deal ever. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. So first, let me introduce from Seattle, Washington, Solomon O. Solomon, you there? Hey, Brent, TTP King, how you doing? (laughs) I am doing excellent. So Solomon, let's talk about you for a second. Let's let the audience find out a little bit about you. Where do you work? What's your experience? What's your background? What got Mm -hmm. you in real estate? I know that's a lot. Let's start with who are you? Okay, so my name is Solomon. I'm, I guess, a real estate investor slash wholesaler, really just an opportunity finder based out of Seattle. I guess to kind of start off, I was dabbling in wholesaling, you know, back actually in about 2014. Uh, I thought it was a quick way to get rich, you know. I started looking at all the forums about how you can cash in all these huge checks. And while I did meet with sellers and present offers, I wasn't really striking pay dirt. So eventually kind of hung it up and wouldn't pursue it until about two years later. My background originally, I'm with the HOA and commercial real estate management. So we were managing office buildings mixed-use buildings, apartment complexes, that kind of thing. Work was great. You know, people were nice to me, but I just saw the writing on the wall and didn't think that I'd be able to, uh, you know, hit six figures at 30. And that kind of made me sad. So, um, you know, you got this call from my old mentor when I was on a trip to South Korea back in 2016. And he let me know he needed to kind of purge my files from Podio. So he had more space for his VAs. And so, I don't know, something hit me and I was like, I'm going to go back through these leads. I'm going to find a deal from these leads. And lo and behold, I got an appointment in November of 16 and closed my first deal in December with my old mentor for 25K, which was not a bad check, right? A good way to end uh, 2016, but made me a little more hungry. And I thought that going into you know wholesaling and real estate investing full time would definitely be the best way to help me hit my financial goals. Why real estate? Real estate, it's a tangible thing, you know, everyone sees it. It's real wealth. It's not like, you know, if Japan, you know, something happens with like Toyota, you're not going to be affected by it that much. I mean, your car might be right. You might get a recall, but it's not like you're so interconnected. The the values are a little more dependable and there's multiple profit centers from real estate, which is what I love about it. 
Awesome. I don't think I've ever heard a better explanation than that. That is excellent. I mean, it is. It's so tangible, right? It affects absolutely everybody. And it's just so exciting that we get to be in an industry and have our own company and work in this business and work with something that is so common to everybody. Everybody can talk about a house. You can have a conversation with almost anybody about property or real estate. And that makes it just an incredible, incredible opportunity for us. So you're in Seattle. So you do one deal and it closes in, what do you say, 16 or 17? Uh, 2016 was that first deal I closed. And that one was just a normal wholesale. Okay. Um, it was like in an area about an hour south of Seattle known as Tacoma. That's like, I think the second or third biggest city in Washington state. But yeah, we closed that deal. Then I actually linked up with my current partner right now. We closed another deal, I guess, a suburb of Seattle known as Kent. And that was another apartment deal we did for, I think it was twenty six dollars or $27,000 this past summer. And then he's kind of, and this is kind of what's leading into, you know, this bigger check is we kind of focus on development now, kind of higher and better use. And so we're still attacking like single families, you know, maybe some commercial that could be better and higher used and have some upzone. Sure. And that's kind of where these margins get bigger and bigger. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, it's very unique. And what Solomon is talking about, guys, here is development. Okay, so now are these properties typically zoned the way that they need them to be or are these getting rezoned? So there have been rezones. The city of Seattle is just going nuts, as you guys probably know, with the current real estate market right now. And so they're like scrambling to like figure out how they're going to house all these people, you know, that come into the city every single day or week or whatever, you know, what rate to come in. So they're having these up zones, which allow for denser areas, which essentially just means that you can put stack more people on top of each other within a particular, you know, square footage or a lot. So now like, you know, where they have one house, now they can put like two or three. Mm -hmm. And so we've kind of picked areas that we felt that have higher and better use. For example, this deal that we just did near the UW, um, it was a triplex sitting on like a, almost a 5,000 square foot lot. And that's been zoned up to this zonage known as MR, which is just mid-rise, mm-hmm. which allows for a much denser building to be put in this place. And in this case, we're probably looking at, you know, you know, those micro units, right? The small efficiency dwelling units, you know, 100 to 200 square feet. Well, they're perfect for students. Students like to have their own place, but, you know, they don't want to pay, you know, top dollar. The developers, it still makes sense as a development because on a per square foot basis, you're flowing very well from day one, assuming that, you know, nothing else happens with the market and, you know, your rents are still good. I love it. So let's break this down a little bit because some people aren't real familiar with different zonings and or, okay. or what zoning is. So my understanding is there's a city planner, right? Yeah. And every property, it has a specific zoning, what can be put on that property, whether it be yeah. a high rise, whether it be a mid rise, whether it be a single family house, whether it be multifamily house up to a certain size. So what you're saying is you are targeting multifamily lots, not necessarily the actual property, but the lots that are underneath it and going after and seeing if those homeowners would consider an offer. That's exactly it, Brent. We're looking for higher and better use, right? And the thing is about, you know, TTP and wholesaling in general, where you're trying to find value where you're bringing value to people that, you know, are typically distressed in some point, right? Most people don't sell their property at a discount 
without having some kind of reason behind it. Well, the good thing about development is, is that you can actually pay these people market value for the most part, sometimes even more. Sometimes more. more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of what's happened in Seattle where we can pay more than what the house is actually worth to someone who would just use it as like a residential dwelling. And the homeowner's happy. You know, we're happy. Everyone makes money off of the deal. I mean, I think it's a complete win-win. Yeah, I think it's incredible. And everybody listening, here's a couple tips. And I'm just going to tell you from my perspective here in Phoenix, because I feel like uh, I live in the city in Phoenix and Solomon, you live in Seattle, right? Or around there. So in the denser populated areas where land is very, very valuable, you know, you don't have these big acre lots that haven't been developed typically. But if you can go after certain properties that have a good zoning, have a different zoning than what the property is, the the actual structure is on that property, you can really get a lot of value out of it. What I find in Phoenix is there's a lot of multifamily zoned lots that have a single family house on it, right? And this single family house may be 600 square feet, but the lot is 10,000 square feet. So you can literally buy this property for market value, Zillow value, maybe even more for the homeowner because a developer will take that lot and he'll put multifamily on that property, right? Mm -hmm. It's such a niche. We have been targeting it. I've been telling the TTP people to go after as much multifamily as possible right now, because it is, you can get some just enormous, enormous deals that way. And what we deal with here is a lot of people just blowing down the structure and building up, or what they do is they're taking smaller properties and making them bigger. So it's called value add properties, where they take an 800 square foot house, they add a thousand square feet, and now they sell it for 500,000 when we gave them an offer for 180. You know what I mean? And we've made some gigantic deals off of those. I mean, yeah. taking small structures on big lots is such a niche. If you start zeroing in on those and really focusing on those and getting the homeowner's number and calling them up and seeing if they would consider an offer, it's a really good conversation when you can give them what Zillow's telling them. You know what I mean? I mean, would you Absolutely. agree? Absolutely. I would agree with you. They're like shocked, you know? I mean, obviously, you know, you don't want to just start throwing real offers over the phone, sure, right? I mean, sure. definitely want to get in front of them, but you know, they're thrilled. It's definitely a win-win. Some people think that wholesalers take advantage of people. We all know that it's just a profit margin, right? And there's, we're just there to help them to see if there's an opportunity for us on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's even better when you can give them market value. Even if the home was a complete teardown, I could pay them exactly what the nicest house on that block is going for based on the zone. Exactly. Which, I mean, it makes me feel, you know, better when I'm making my offers to my homeowners. Sure. Sure. So Solomon, walk us through, let's do a little step-by-step. How do you find these properties? How do you go after them? And what's your technique for getting a hold of the owners? Absolutely. Okay. We'll start this way. So I would go, if you guys are near like a, a major metropolitan area, right? I mean, if you're like in, say for example, like Austin, Dallas, if you're in Miami, if you're in Norfolk, whatever, you know, wherever you're from, Chicago, you just go to your city planner and see if they'll be able to give you a zoning map for the city, right? Then based off of that zoning map, you'll take a look at where the higher and better use is. Now, I mean, if you guys, I've been starting to kind of target some high rise stuff, you know, getting on the phone with owners and seeing if they have an interest. 
that might be a little bit out of my league at this point. Maybe I can. <laughs> Don't that. say that. No way. No way. There's only no. one. Hey, listen, the experience is going to put you in that league. So keep yeah. doing it. So I've been doing that and, and just start looking for you. Would You know, Brent has kind of talked about in his program was drive for dollars. Right. But it's separate. And you'd be kind of looking for higher and better use opportunities. So you go and look at the zoning and it's like, hey, you know, this is like an area full of regular single family homes. There's an opportunity to tear these down and build like row homes, right? Or tear these down and build an apartment or, you know, townhouses or whatever, you know, is typically popular in that part of your guys' country. From there, you would actually go and cold call or skip trace first, which is just a fancy way to get the homeowner's contact information, either by mail address or phone numbers. And then just call the owner, call the owner directly and see if they would consider an offer on the property. Now I had a little bit of help on my deal because I knew what we could pay based on my, uh, I guess, relationship with our architect. So he knew what kind of product we could put on that particular piece of property. And that way I can kind of go in confidently and give a range as to what we might be able to pay for it and negotiate a price that way. But if you network with people in your local RIAs or other investors, I'm sure you might be able to find that information as to what you might be able to pay. Now in Seattle, typically we are paying about 20% of the total gross sales projected on that particular property. This is for sale product. Mm-hmm. And then for rent product is a little different. We have to base it off of a projected mortgage or projected rent and then you know our operating expenses. But that's kind of a different story at this point. Yeah. But I mean, that ratio will change between city and city because your building costs and your uh, you know land costs are a little different than what might be up in Seattle. So it might change. Here's what I suggest. I suggest that you start adding developers around town. Listen, every developer I have ever seen since the beginning of time puts that giant sign in the front of their projects right. telling yeah. you that they buy properties or putting their office number or they have a sign on there for rezoning or for their permits and it has their phone number on it. You can go up to those properties, get the numbers and call them up and add them to your database. Just tell them that you are putting together development opportunities and you'd love to reach out to them when you find one. And they absolutely don't. They, these guys are extremely, extremely kind and really nice and they know what's going on and they'll shoot you straight. And it's a really, really great way to build up your buyer database when it comes to development deals because it's a totally different buyer than somebody that just wants to do a carpet and paint remodel on a on a condo. You know yeah. what I mean? This is a totally yeah. different thing. But I'm telling you, just go with confidence, call them up, find them, add them to your database. What I suggest is when you do find opportunities, you literally call them up and tell them about it. You don't put it in a blast email. You don't text it to them. You call them up. You tell them exactly what's going on. So that's my suggestion for building the developers and then talking to them because there's not going to be 5,000 developers that you're going to have to go through. It's going to be a much shorter list. Okay. So let's walk through Solomon, a specific deal. Let's get like right to it. This deal that you just closed, like where did you find it? How did you go about putting it together? And then what did you make? Yeah. So starting off, you know, my partner Pete had kind of alluded to this development stuff that he's been working on. Man, I was just green as they come. You know, I, I sounded like a robot on the phone calling people. <laughs> you know, it was, it was terrible. Like sure. people hung up on me. It's like, that's why I say like, if I can do it, 
that anybody can do this. If you just put enough work into it, if you push enough into the pipeline, you can do this. But I actually used to go to school at the University of Washington. So I was very familiar with a lot of the neighborhoods just around that area. And I had saw that the city of Seattle had recently upzoned a lot of the areas where students were kind of living in. And there's a lot of kind of, it says, I'm not going to say dumpy, but not the nicest homes. Kind of, you know, they're being used as student housing. There's a lot of vegetation. The homes look tired. You know, they haven't been really kept up. And I just started pulling this list. I just did what Brent Daniels told me to do and, you know, <laughs> went over and start recording down all these houses, just riding a bicycle up and down the street because traffic is crazy up here. You can't really drive. So I'm um, riding a bicycle or skateboard and just riding them down. And then I would go back to my office, you know, when I have a list, a good list of about 30 to 50 properties, and then find out who the owners were through the county records. And then I would cold call them. Now, here's one thing I think that it will kind of put you on a different level from most investors is if it's an LLC, don't be scared. Find who the registered agent is, call that registered agent and see if they're a client. Because honestly, that registered agent might most of the time is actually the owner of the LLC. Yep. But in other cases, he could just be, you know, an attorney and you can just be like, Hey, I mean, would your client consider an offer on the property there? And, you know, they would be like, well, can you put it in writing? So then you just put your letter of interest together and you send it to the attorney and you follow up with the attorney and just kind of play that back and forth with him until you get, you know, some kind of hit. Now this deal that I did, I had actually been calling this guy. I want to say I called him like in July and then we finally went under contract in August. I just kept Pounding him. I mean, probably. <laughs> my man. I love it. Yes. <laughs> I was calling this guy like once a week. You know, my partner was like, you probably want to lay off. I'm like, uh, you know, just stupidity, you know, just trying to make something happen, like forcing something to happen. And uh, eventually we came to terms. Uh, we put the deal together. We had a local investor here that's kind of done some development. And he initially took it on. He, we were going to sign our interest in the contract. So wait, 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 Solomon. Let's go back for a second. So okay. who did you call? Was it the registered agent for the LLC? This was just the owner. I just. Oh, you called call the owner. Okay, great. This yeah. one, I just straight up called the owner. And then we agreed to terms. He was an out of state guy in California. So it was pretty easy to kind of just work numbers and talk numbers. It wasn't like I had to meet him in person. Yeah. But, you know, we came to terms in a price. I sent that over to him in a contract. He said everything looked good. He signed it. And then from there, we had a, a 60 day feasibility, essentially just go find your, you know, you're going to make this happen. And, uh, our first guy that we initially tried to um, reach out with this project, he wasn't too thrilled because, I mean, he liked the project initially based on our price point, but he just thought the site needed a little bit more development work than most sites. There was a telephone pole in a kind of a awkward position mm -hmm. that he thought might cause some issues for building up. And so he kind of just backed out of that deal. And I'm sitting here with my partner. I'm like, God, man, this is kind of sad. It's my first development deal. And this is not going to happen. <laughs> and fortunately, we have, uh, and this is a good, I guess, nugget of uh, wisdom is your buyer's list is very important. Like I have to enunciate that. It's like the quality of your buyer's list is very important. And through our relationships with my partner, we were able to get foreign buyers that were interested in this particular piece of property and the project because we had the architect that we worked with and then the property manager who could tee that deal up and essentially all they were doing was just dumping the money, right? There wasn't real much work on their side. The property manager, the architect would be working together to actually develop it and then fill up that piece of property for rents. So it worked out. And eventually uh, 
you know, we went through feasibility and that deal just finally closed right the first part of this year. You know, my company made a hundred thousand dollars on that deal. So how, how, wait, 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 how much? A hundred thousand, a hundred thousand dollars, six figures. Yeah. One deal. One deal. But like my partner says, development deals do take some time. So we got a little bit lucky on this one where things kind of tipped our way and it, it was less than a six month ordeal. But sometimes development deals can go all the way up to, you know, 15, 20 months because of one, the feasibility, right? That can run anywhere from you know, 30 to 90 to 120 days. And they can always ask for extensions, which keeps, you know, pushing back the time you get paid. And then typically developers don't want to close on a project until they get entitlements or their permits, essentially just when the project is dirt ready or a shovel ready, yep. so that they can actually start doing their work. They don't want to hold the dirt or the land and just start paying someone money. So they kind of have a stipulation where the homeowner will hold the property through until when it's ready to be actually started on. Got it. Yeah. I know that you call it feasibility. We call it uh, inspection or, mm-hmm. you know, getting through the permitting process for sure. So let's look at this very simply. So okay. Solomon rode around on his bicycle and his skateboard around <laughs> University of Washington, wrote yep. down addresses of houses that looked like they needed a lot of love, found the owner of these properties got the phone numbers by skip tracing these properties. And then he did this crazy thing. He picked up his phone and he dialed the number to the owner and he talked to the owner and the (laughs) owner, you know what the owner did? He did a crazy thing too. The owner talked back, you know, had a conversation with him. So now he's having a conversation with an owner that's out of state in California from riding around on his bicycle to now talking to this gentleman that was selling a property or whatever, uh, the owner, and then to being able to talk to an architect and a property manager and finding out of country buyers or out of state buyers or something. Yeah, so they're international money. Yeah. International money. And then they write him, they literally wrote him a hundred thousand dollar check. They yeah. literally wrote him. How many hours, honestly? How many hours did you put into this deal? Uh, I would call like it hours, like real hours, like real hours. Well, I mean, for this specific deal from start to finish, probably like, I don't know, maybe 10 to 15 hours. But the thing is, is like the work's like cumulative, right? So like when I'm riding around on my bike and my, you know, skateboard in the U district, I don't know if I can really say, Hey, I wrote this address down. It took me you know, 10 seconds to do that. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Or, you know, taking all the phone calls and be like, hey, I talked to the owner. That was like another five minute call or something, right? All I'm saying is it sounds to me like you made about $10,000 an hour. Probably, yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's incredible. Yeah, our company definitely did well for that. That's awesome. Well, Solomon, thank you so much. I think that this is just opening up that this conversation should open up in everybody's mind. If you are living in a city, if you're living in a major city, really start thinking about going after the properties that are zoned for different uses, mixed use, multifamily, mid-rise, high-rise, all of these things. You should be targeting these homeowners. Do not be afraid of these people. Pick up the phone, call them up, talk to them, have a good conversation. And the basics of it is, would you consider an offer or not? 
And then from there, you can work out the details. And I think that it's just so incredible that you're this perfect example. Because I'm telling you, Seattle is not an easy market. Right? <laughs> it's not. Seattle is on fire. I'm, I'm telling you, Seattle is, it's like Phoenix or LA or Denver. You know, I mean, it is just, and I'm sure there's a million other East Coast cities that are very, very similar, but I'm on the West Coast. So there you go. Anyway, the fact that you went in after only having the experience of a couple deals here and there and found this and put it together and got paid on it. So, I mean, what's next for you? Do you keep doing this? Yeah. So I actually just met with the seller today and put in an offer for some bigger stuff. And maybe I can talk, you know, spill the details on that if we go mutual and end up closing. But that probably won't be until February of next year. <laughs> <laughs> I love it though. That yeah, is, so, dude, um, I am so pumped. I love this higher level, higher level, higher level. And I'm just telling you guys, it's just a different way to go after and talk to people. It's just picking up the phone, having that conversation. It's just a guy going around his old college on a bicycle and skateboard, writing down addresses and being proactive. That's all it is. Just be proactive, take the actions, talk to people every single day. So Solomon, I know that you've been doing it. It sounds like you were dabbling in it in 14, came into it in 16, really ramping up in 17. Now we're off and running in 18. What advice would you give somebody that just has done nothing? They love the idea of working in this tangible asset You know, so much opportunity. What advice would you give somebody that they haven't even read a book on it? What advice would you give them? Well, my advice would be is like, I think if you have like the vision, right? If you have a dream that you have to just go and chase it. There's so many things in life that can kind of pull at you. But for me, there's always just been something gnawing at me that said, you know, you can do better. You can go and achieve those dreams. And I'm not saying I want to be the next Donald Trump, right? Like, don't get me wrong. (laughs) I'd love to do big things like that. But sure. If you put that out there in the universe, right, and you say that you declare it, you want to do this, and then you take the steps toward it, it'll happen. It might take some time though, right? I mean, for me, this deal didn't, you know, we put it together in like August and then it didn't close until January. And that's kind of a faster deal for the most part. Oh, yeah. You know, that's, I think my advice for anyone who's on the fence about doing is just take action, even if you don't know what you're doing. And uh, if you're on the fence about, Brent's uh, TTP program, I would definitely recommend it. You know, it's helped me. It's definitely good to have a group of like-minded people who are wanting and striving for the same goals. So I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, uh, Solomon. And anybody out there, if you are interested in learning more about the Talk to People program and the incredible culture that we have built of people, the most proactive real estate investors in the country. If you want to be a part of something like that, then reach out at www.wholesalinginc forward slash TTP. And there you will just uh, give us a little bit of information. We will set up a strategy call and see what we think, what you think, what we think. And hopefully you can join this incredible, incredible group, but only Only if you're like Solomon and only if you're going to take massive action and you're ready to be proactive. So again, Solomon from Seattle, Washington, thank you so much, so, so much. And Rhino Tribe, I'll talk to you soon. 
That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.